Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. So I felt like with, with fatherhood, a lot of it is the, there's a pressure to like be awesome and, and hit all the goals that you're trying to hit at work coupled with the actual spending time at home. So like, I think coaching sports is the best example of that. I could Hey guys, welcome to Fatherhood. On the Believe Podcast Network, I'm Bradley Hasemeyer, and this is the podcast for all us dads out there just trying our best. This week, Gar Ryness. Now, Gar is one of the very first people I met in LA, and he was a friend of a friend. And he's one of these guys that within about five seconds of meeting him, you're like, yeah, this guy's awesome. We're going to be friends for a long time. And we were. There we are. He is. Anyway, we're still friends. <laughs> Even after the interview. In fact, he was actually in my wedding. That's how tight we are. He, he, he was kind of a brother to me. Um, he really kind of brought me through some times that I was just kind of like losing my way a little bit in L.A., which is really cool. We talk about that a little bit. Now, you may know him as Batting Stance Guy. He makes these videos where he impersonates. It's an impression. It's a characterization, whatever, of like pretty much any baseball player in the past 50 years. I don't know. He has hundreds of thousands of views on YouTube. He's been on the MLB Network, ESPN. In fact, he was so popular and everybody was sending all of these uh, videos around that he was on Letterman. You just name a player and he knows exactly what their moves are. Now, you may think like batting stance, like, is that just like they keep their elbow up? If you haven't watched baseball in a while, you should watch just to see the players at the plate getting ready. We're talking an entire dance, full on choreography. From the bat touching the ground, then back up, then hitting the plate, then back up. Velcro the the glove, unvelcro, velcro, unvelcro. Tap the hat twice, the chest twice. Point up, kiss your necklace, stick it back. I mean, it's it is hysterical. All the stuff that these guys do now when they're playing baseball. There's some awesome videos of him actually being at the team's dugout with all of them sitting in circles, and then someone just says a name. He does their impersonation, and the entire clubhouse just erupts with laughter because they know Gar just nailed it. In addition to making these videos, which he kind of does on the side, he's also worked in finance and the pharmaceutical industry. Here's a couple quick dad stats for you. He lives in L.A. He's been married for 25 years. He has two daughters, one who's 20 and one who's 15. Now, I loved this conversation so much simply because I was excited just to get to talk to Gar. But a lot of the dads I've spoken with on here are younger. They're kind of like myself. Well, at least younger dads, not necessarily younger in age. So there's a lot of things that we have in common as we're talking about, like bottle feeding and man, it's annoying figuring out a preschool. But Gar has this like, I've been there, I've done that kind of like peace about him that he can kind of shed light on things that we're going to have coming up. And yet... He talks about having to seek the advice of older dads about how to deal with some family stuff that was happening at home. I also really appreciated when I went back to edit this, I really felt this tone of him kind of wrestling throughout this interview, balancing the two sides of kind of like, you know, missing his little girls and also being proud of where they are now, you know, not wanting them to get hurt, but also like avoiding that desire to swoop in and save them. And, and kind of let life teach them the lesson. Oh, and his dad advice at the end that he gives was like, whoa. So make sure you stick around because this is such a funny, inspiring, and honest conversation. Oh, and one last thing. 
Kirsten, my wife, loved this conversation so much. She was in the other room. She knows Gar. And all of a sudden, she just crashed my podcast party. So she comes in and ends up chatting with Gar for a few minutes. Um, But it, it is a good chance to promote her podcast, which is called Crushed. Why is it that the life you like never likes you back? And this is like the anti, if you believe it, you can do it podcast in, in the sense that it gets to those moments in people's lives where it felt like that's it, right? You're crushed. You're a scholarship athlete. You get in a wreck. You lose your scholarship. Married with kids. Everything's heading away. Divorce. Like whatever those moments are in your life, she somehow is able to get into these people's lives and, and have them open up. And it's a really beautiful podcast. So make sure you're subscribing to that. But enough talking. Now on to the show. When when anyone asks you how you're doing yeah. from now on, well, first of all, what do you say? Like you're at a grocery store. Yeah. Like, hey, how you doing? How's I'm fine. How's I'm great. Doing? I'm good. Okay. Yeah. So starting for a full week. Okay. Want, seven straight days. Seven straight days. Here comes the challenge. Dead eye. Okay. No laughter. Not no wink. No, like I am in yeah. on the joke. You're not in on the joke. No. Nope. This is reality. Totally serious. I want you to look at the person's eyes and say, sensational <laughs> and total commitment and and watch the reactions that when I, when do you break eye contact do you do you leave it awkward until they do i'm still looking at someone at vaughn's that i did <laughs> today. five years i've been doing that sensational it it never disappoints what the reaction is because no one's ready for it because it's you like, always come back with a story from that moment. When I was thinking back upon like when we met, mm-hmm. I was like, Gar is like my LA dad. And then I was like, no, he's like my LA brother. Like mm-hmm. there's just like you've got your you were ahead of me. You gave me so so much sage wisdom. I also remember this time when I didn't I didn't get into groundlings for like the second class. We went and got hot dogs uh together. And I just remember you saying like in the grand scheme of things, like you're out here 10 years or so, what is a couple more months? And I was just like, because I was so like mm-hmm. that fresh actor, like every day mattered, yeah. got to grind, got to go, treating the marathon like a sprint. And I just so appreciated your your wisdom and, and, and who you were. So am I dead? It, it feels like there's no, <laughs> no, no, not at all. What I just I, like, did I leave? Wait, did someone? Oh, yeah. I, I, no, because I was just reminiscing, like, as was I was fun. thinking about it, I, yeah. to prepare for these, I just kind of go back and think, like, what are some questions I want to hit this person with? And I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, there's so many cool. Not, I mean, not to mention, obviously, I babysat your kids early on. Yeah. Um, but but crazy. And, you know, and she's a sophomore in college. But yeah, that's what right. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's yeah. how much has changed. And so I, I want to start things off with just yeah. dad stats. Twenty five years ago i got married so wow. yep, january 96 and then uh we have two daughters one is 20 and one is 15 so the youngest would be uh driven Ooh. the oldest would be undriven <laughs> with parenting the oldest one's lovely you got to dial some up and then you got to dial some down. Like sometimes Mm. when they're not the exact same, like it's no different than friendships. Like, Hey, this friend wants to go play golf to hang out. This friend wants to go grab coffee. I mean, we feel like we parented the same way. And in one, it's like, we're forcing you to do team sports because we don't want you to watch Netflix at home. And then the other one, we're like, Whoa, you can't do these four 
musical. <laughs> you, you can gotta, only pick one. Pick one, and we yeah, you know, and like we gotta. So so it's like we're like dialing the levers differently for them both. Like one has a curfew, one doesn't. Because like, why even come up with a curfew with somebody that's watching anime and not going out? You like, I don't even. Midnight. Your curfew is you got to be out of the house yeah. by 10 p.m. Yeah. You got to be out by 10. The other has to be in by 10. One breaks rules. She's in trouble. One breaks rules. We're thrilled that she's just like <laughs> doing something. I want to find out how you define fatherhood. But leading into that, I remember being worried when Ellis was, or when Kirsten was pregnant with Ellis mm-hmm. and talking to you about, I just don't know if I'm going to be okay as a parent. Like I see these other families, the parents seem cool. The kids are all messed up. The parents are crazy. And you were like, you'll be fine. And that was so helpful to me, even though that was just so simple as you've approached being a dad. And I also want to talk a little bit later about how maybe that perspective has shifted, but mm-hmm. how would you define fatherhood? So firstly, going back to that one point with you is someone gave me advice back in the day that like, in fact, it was my dad. It was like, son, just so you know, like you'll never be ready. So whether it's getting married, working full time, having a kid that there, there will like, you can't build up enough wealth to prepare adequately for like whatever you think it is. It's like, even that won't work like you think. And opposite is like, you could be in total squalor and have no money and have twins. And it's like, you kind of figure out how to, how to do it. Yeah. Fatherhood. I, I, I see as like the, the greatest, um, gift that I'll be given outside of, of course, like becoming a believer, marrying my wife, that, that fatherhood is like the, the greatest job that I'll have and will give the most lasting impact in either direction like if i do it poorly it'll these two will never forget it you know and then if i do it well it's like i you know now that the kids are 20 and 15 like you don't think of it when they're seven and three and you're right 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 busy but but you just can't go back and then like hey now that i've got now that i've got some money now we can go on that trip like nope you you had a shot to watch movies and spend time and they don't even want to spend time the same way. No, that's such a good point. When you think about the different ways that the kids would even interact with that, I hadn't even considered that because people talk about the window is closing and like, you know, enjoy the time now. But what what you usually think about is just like your kids grow up and they leave the house. But what you're talking about is so interesting is like there is there is this perfect moment kind of this, you know, supply meets demand at this certain moment. And then one is growing, especially as they get older, right? The difference between a 10-year-old and a five-year-old or a 15-year-old and a 10-year-old, that's a total different worlds. You usually don't know that you're at the perfect moment at the time. You're kind of too exhausted or you're needing to leave for a softball tournament. Like there's, it's relentless. And that, which has been so crazy about the pandemic is like, there was this weird pause and our pause happened kind of at the end of the crazy no stop when you're have eight year olds and 10 year old 11 year old. it's a blur and then it's not over but it's um totally different the, the way i would describe yeah it's it a new is, chapter right you've turned a corner kind of your your kids might be dogs at one point and then they're cats you have this little dog that like wants to cuddle up and like scratch and then at like 15 
hey, uh, don't touch me. You know, it's like, what just happened? <laughs> so now it's like this sweet little That puppy. was a great cat, by the way. Yeah. You did a really good cat. For the people listening, props to Gar for, for the visual of like, don't touch me. The cat is just used to imagine is great. Yeah. Yeah. And don't touch the, me. And the cat sprints out and you're like, I brought all this food. What, what are you? I just, I just got here. What's your problem? <laughs> it's a lot of what's your problem. I'm a cat. That's my problem. But she was so sweet at 11. I mean, I look at pictures of me at 11 and 15 and be like, yeah, I was different here. <laughs> I mean, I was, for one, I look like Scott Baio here and I look like, yes. you know, handsome Al Qaeda here. Like there was, a, <laughs> there was a big jump in even what I looked like. Hey dads, hang on just a second. Time for some real talk. All right. Put your coffee down. Listen up. All right. If you're the kind of guy who uses your shampoo for your hair, your face, and your car, (laughs) come on, I know who you are, and it's time to take a hard look at your life, all right? You probably are the guy that thinks the word grooming isn't really your cup of tea, all right? Fine. If you're 30 years or older, your skin, hair, and face don't really care what's your cup of tea or not, all right? It's time to start caring. That's where Bird comes in. The team at Bird has made some awesome products, ranging from shampoo to face wash to different types of pomade, all to help you look good and feel good and therefore be good. And I was super excited when they said they wanted to support our podcast. So they are offering all of the listeners, including myself, 15% off by using the code BIRDAF. That's for attempting fatherhood. I'll put the link in the podcast notes just to make it easy. But there you go. It's awesome because that purchase supports our show directly and you get a great deal and you make your life a little bit better. Okay, now back to the show. So that's what I was going to say is like, how has that shifted? Like, obviously it's kind of a new chapter, but like it's not diapers and wipes and complicated to go out of town. Now it's like, how do we discuss racism? I mean, assumedly that's already come up before, but you know, how do we talk about your girls? You're going to college. How do you trust your gut and, and not put yourself in a weird situation? And like, I imagine those types of things are the the fathering moments now. A lot of fatherhood for me has been about, um, evolving to where I let reality be their teacher rather than me. So it's been very difficult the older they get to not swoop in and try to create Mm. a world where they can feel no pain. And so instead letting them stew in their own consequences or ask over and over and over again, what are you going to do about that? So instead of like, well, you forgot your book at school. Let me go get it. Like, it's like, oh, wow. What are you going to do about that? Well, will you go get It's like, I'm, no, what's you, I mean, like it's, it's stuff. Wow. Even our parents didn't necessarily all, I mean, they kind of felt probably like jerks if they really like, we're going to teach you a lesson, but like, I don't know about you, but like my dad, my dad set up, Hey, we're going to pay for college and you're supposed to graduate May looks like may of 1995 (laughs) we're not gonna pay one penny for anything after that date so you want to take a semester off be my because there was no like um gap back then i mean it was like nobody did a gap year or you go to school yeah those are the those are the options yeah it was like the channels in 1981 it was like two (laughs) three four five and telemundo but there's like i don't speak spanish click yeah click i got three channels here so a lot of parenthood for me has been like marriage the the thing about um 
being single is you kind of get to do what you want to do. You want to watch college basketball tonight? You want to have a dog? You want 10 dogs? Like, it's yeah, up, the independence, it's right? It's up to the landlord. And if you want a budget, great. If you don't, great. There's no, Whatever. there's nothing at stake. And then you start dating someone and they're like, hey, your breath stinks. And you're like, oh, all right. And then you have a decision. Do I brush my teeth or not? Like, and then, hey, I don't like, I want to be with you all the time. I want to be with you half the time. Like, and then you get married and you're like, oh, wow, I'm kind of selfish. I like my things the way I did. Well, kids is like, at least your spouse generally can recognize, let's say if you have like strep throat, they're like, okay, why don't you just chill out? Your kid is like, F you, dad. I don't, right? care. I don't care you have strep throat. Fatherhood's just brutal, you know, for five straight years. Sometimes. Yeah, if you're alive at that point, it's just really a win. So my, so, so the, the evolution for me as a parent has been like, okay, I, I recognize I'm selfish and I want things for myself. I want my own time. I want my own room. I want my, and then you have kids and it's like, it's like this muscle where you have to do push-ups. You're constantly working out being selfless and giving yeah. with zero expectation of return. And so, Do you think that's because you had two girls and, and maybe there was more affinity toward mom and you kind of got brushed to the side? Or do you think that was just that's just the experience of, of your kind of fathering? Hmm. I don't know if they're necessarily closer to mom. I mean, they probably share certain things with her. They don't do with me, but they seem to like both of us. Mother daughter relationships can be very complicated. What I do know is as a father of girls, I was definitely a better student of fatherhood with girls. Okay. I didn't know what I was doing with a girl. So I was like, I need to like, listen, care for him. So when my daughter would be like, I want to play dolls, I'd be like, let's play dolls. Okay. Yeah. There have, was no expectation there. What if we learn, like, like TikTok now, like my daughter's like, what if you learn this dance? And it's like, all right, what if I learn this dance? No <laughs> yeah. way. Dad, are you crazy? And so it's like, I don't know, because I don't know what we're supposed to do. I've watched high school musical two 70 times. What, what my mom did great with us is I now know looking back, like even with four kids, a kid would like twist their thumb and she would like comment on it. And that's awesome. Like she. It, wow. That thumb twist has never been cooler. It, it was later where I would find out how astoundingly boring it is when your kid says dad, dad, dad. And then like shakes his thumb, you know, it's like, oh my God. And you're like, Why don't you come? are you kidding me? Can you do something? <laughs> hey, can you can you poop in the toilet this time? You moron. You know what would make me happy? You know what made me happy? Going to bed on time would be amazing. Yeah. That would be a miracle. Flipping your thumb, Bobby, yeah. not impressive. But I don't. I <laughs> I chill out. I just say, wow, cool thumb flip. Cool thumb, but then a life of cool thumb flip. I, I didn't want him to like hunt hard for love and affection in the near the bike rack, you know, with like people at school when they could have, when they, they at least saw, you know, were like noticed. And even my, oldest, Oh man, I love that. What a great analogy. And, and that's so true too, because it's like, I think a lot of times, you know, I would say prior generations, you know, like it always is, but they look at us and they think, Oh, they're kind of weak. They're always applauding their kids. It's too much love. It's too much adulation. But I think what you bring up is such a great point, which is we all have uh, you know, a, a vacuum that needs to be filled by love. And that could be 
social media, although fleeting, uh, or it could be at home parentally, or it could be at the bike rack, or it could be at school or a boyfriend or girlfriend. So I think what you're saying makes such a difference uh, in understanding that boundary. Because I was going to ask, like, do you think it's too much these days? Like, you know, you flipped your thumb up. We we applaud you. Everybody gets a, you know, everybody gets a trophy kind of thing. But I really like the reasoning behind that. I'm struck by how you just can't go back and like redo it. I can't go back with what I know now and spend time better with my, with a five-year-old, you know, because it's like, there's this greatness that you want to be as a man. Like you want to be, I don't know if it's like fame or money or whatever, but like you want to kill it at work and do great. and And you know that like, if you're just kind of a deadbeat and only hang around your house and play video games and like, well, great. You get to be around your kids a lot, but you, they're watching you like not be very ambitious. So I didn't want either extreme. My wife has taught me that in everything I think, like when I was like, well, it's either going to be this or this. She's like, or 700 things in between. Like there's, <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's different between like telling I love you and never talking to you again. Like there's a whole bunch of, there like, is some nuance yeah, in there. Yeah. yeah. So of, of those between is like, I, I could tell that the, the hunt to be the most you could be like in business and the world, like if you're a traveling speaker or you're, you're like, you're hitting all the, you know, touch points. Um, if you're not around, you just have a different relationship. So I felt like with, with fatherhood, a lot of it is the, there's a pressure to like be awesome and, and hit all the goals that you're trying to hit at work coupled with the actual spending time at home. So like, I think coaching sports is the best example of that I can give. It will, unless you love sport, let's say you don't, you're like a investment banker, but you have kids, but you're like, I'm going to bring home a lot of money. There's this tiny window where your kid might also want to play soccer with a bunch of their friends. I mean, I swear it might be a year. That, that skinny. It might be that skinny of a window. And so you better figure out a way how to be, I don't care if you're the team mom and you're a dad, like you're just go to the practices and be a part of that because it's crushing when it ends. Team sports sets up work teams. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's good to know how to like figure out not to get beat up by peers and work as a team. That was my, my, my dad one time said, here's why we didn't homeschool you, son. We wanted to figure out if you could, Operate in a school without getting beat up. (laughs) (laughs) What's the reason? I only care about social stuff. I don't care about the score. I love that. Actually, I want to use that as a transition point because I want to get into your dad from simply the standpoint of like, what is something that you learned from your dad that you have incorporated? And then what is something that either he did or said or exemplified that you've decided we're not going to have that in our our relationship, our marriage, our family, whatever. That's good. All right. So one thing he did, and I didn't know this till later is he had, he and my mom had a rule where we, we pretty much ate dinner most nights like together. Um, that there was no getting in trouble at the table. So even if the person, even if the kid had gotten suspended that day at school and we went to the table, there, there was never a dig. Well, some people can't stay out of trouble. It was like, wow, I, I never knew that it, there was a 
It didn't matter how that was a safe were. zone that for that. That was a safe zone, and none of us knew it. I mean, we didn't know that wasn't a thing. It was like, that's not where. We, now, also, there was no singing at the table, which <laughs> I would later find out with three siblings in musical theater, one winning a Tony on Broadway, your age. Yeah. Who is like, they were tired of those three sabotaging the. T- <laughs> monopolizing the, the table i thought it was because food would be flying no as, as no you're, it's no singing as the table. singing and so then i i said it to so cameron at like five starts singing i was like ah, no singing at the table and rebecca was like wait stop what is that like well that's a rule in everybody's house she's like find three people where that's a rule and i was like are you crazy and so i kept going around and everyone was like what are you talking about what i've never heard that that's so funny i love that too because that's such a true perspective of like a kid if it's not clearly said that is the bible that is the rule that is everyone and that's everyone's experience until you get out and realize it's not no, I, but it's so funny that it took you all the way to having kids sitting at a table one starts singing for you to be like oh no we don't do that in this household <laughs> everyone knows that he also for being so busy being like a hundred hour a week workaholic he he did a good job of dating each kid i know it's 2021 so that sounds weird but like he, no no i think that's awesome he specifically like he got season tickets for the warriors and it was like he and i would go have dinner at Sam's Hopbrow. He would talk about school. We would go to the game. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And it was just us. Whereas normally there's like so many people. And so he would do, he would coach my brothers. I mean, he did very specific things where we knew for that three hours, five hours, like we were a big deal. I love that intentionality. I mean, it, it, it wasn't just like, oh, I'm home, you're home. Let's go for a walk. It was like really planned and specific. That's I mean, that's definitely, at least in the love language world, something that speaks to me that says, yeah. I love you because look at all of this planning I put into it and, and specificity to who you are. And I know you and to be known by someone is so powerful, especially your father. Well, it's never stopped. So the same things that we, he would do, he will send me a one, same day. It's always weird to get on a flight and go home the same day, but he will send me a same day ticket on Southwest. He will pick me up and we will go to a San Francisco 49er game. And then he, I will go back down that night. Cause so again, the muscle of spending like intentional time with one, why, why, why does that stop in college? Like there's no, there's no shutoff for that. It's just at 12, not every kid gets to do that with his dad, especially like maybe mom, but um, yeah, that, that was great. Um, so what thing have I not? Okay. I, this is so dumb, but those are usually the best. Here's what it is. I would get in the car after like some dance, let's say in seventh grade. And I remember he was taking like me, Tim Davis, a couple other people like home. And he would say like, I don't know. He would ask some question, innocuous question. And we'd be like, Oh, Brad and Jennifer broke up. Yes. Not Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston. There was like every, it was a pre them. Every fifth kid, 1970, born in 1973 is named Brad or Jennifer. And I remember him doing what, by the way, everyone born in 1945 does when the, Seventh grader thinks that they're like problems are bigger than everyone. He's like, ah, it's seventh grade. They'll get over it. And I remember thinking I made an oath that day. I was like, if I ever have kids, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm not going to downplay their experience at the time as being something that, oh, they should think like a 42 year old, like if it's the biggest deal oh, in the man, world. Oh man, that is so good. If it's the biggest deal in the world to them, at the very least, I can acknowledge it's the biggest deal in the world to them. Oh. But because I was what like, a, what a conscious kid you were 
to 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 have that moment kind of emblazoned in your brain and to recognize and and obviously i mean you've set your dad up as such a loving intentional person it was just like that wasn't in his unconscious yeah. kind of psyche in in responding to uh to a kid's problems in seventh grade yeah and my dad's generation's not um they're not like texting their friends being like what enneagram <laughs> number are you <laughs> that's so funny i was joking about enneagram with uh kirsten earlier can't even say it yeah she's like what are you i was like i don't remember but my friend who's a pastor just like sits there and is like you're a nine you're a three yeah. you're a two you're a seven you're a 3.145 oh, yeah. oh my gosh the enneagram uh has just taken over. taken over is it in the business world like is it was that part of your your interview or something i hear it so much in the church world but i didn't know like if that's also transitioning into like the pro professional. No, not all. It's uh, no, it's just my neighborhood. The, the, the first, uh, the, like the, the kind of ex emerging church leaders are all like down the street, two coffees in hand, uh, a guitar that's just being tuned, oh, not ever actually played a tattoo and no bra. Great. <laughs> a tattoo of no bra. <laughs> And on that note, Kirsten walks in. Yeah. We were, we were talking uh, about yeah. enneagrams. Spirit. Well, I will say this really quickly. I'm sorry. I'm really, well, no, that's I'll, it for attempting fatherhood. Now it's attempting uh, wifehood. No, no, no. I'll just say this. <laughs> I'm going to stretch. I only, I only. While we're on this commercial break. Well, what? Okay. Don't even, you're pulling up a chair for Pete's sakes. <laughs> it's totally, you know what? I'm getting in on crush. Not at all. No chance. <laughs> no oh, chance. Man. Okay, I'm going to Great work. By the way, when you well, said when you said Pete's sake. Pete Rose. Yeah, because yeah, wait, you you showed something on your Instagram recently about that. Just, what was that? Uh, it was just a thing I did for his like induction into the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a dinner or something. Yeah. And then I hosted very very strangely, I, I hosted this podcast that never made it once with him, with Pete. So I just Oh was, no way. I turned 80 yesterday and so I texted him and he went, That's great. Thank you, man. Oh, that's pretty sweet. I mean, sake. for Pete's sake, we, we do it. That's that. That's where the expression came from. Just from I Pete Rose. So. I think it's Pete Rose. She could not have walked in at a better time. Have you found those moments happen that you remembered like, oh, yeah, I promised I wasn't going to do this. Like when your when your daughters have said things like, oh, this is the end of the world. And you're like, ah, I made a promise to myself. Yeah. So a lot of my work as a father the last five years has been trying to see them as perfect children of God. And I need to almost readjust my desire to like control and manipulate and get them to make, to make good in the world to where it reflects good on me. Yes. So yeah, because that's a a totally different, Yeah, that's a totally different path. Like I I remember when I grew up, my parents always said, you're a reflection of us. When you leave the house, you're like, and I think that's kind of what that varsity blues scandal is a little bit, which is like, my kids need to be in that college, not for them, but for me. And it sounds like you, you found those moments happening to you and you consciously avoided going down that path. Yeah. And, and maybe I, I just dialed it back to where working a job, spending time with my kids, coaching their team, loving my wife, maybe exercising a little bit, like maybe that's enough. Maybe, you know what I mean? The, the, what you wanted to be at as 20, far as life. Yeah. Like so maybe I'm that's like, a- here's the height. I want to run this whole organization. I want to be, it's like, as we keep moving up, 
there's peers where, you know, at 23, I'm like, oh my gosh, Derek Jeter, like who would want, who could have a better life than him? And then as I like had small kids and Derek Jeter's on the road, it's like, I don't care how much time you spent, like how much money you made like that. I just would have missed it. I would have missed these, all these years at home. I, I could have flown them on a private jet, but I, I don't know. I don't necessarily want. So now it's like, well, weird. I make one bazillionth less, but I don't know. Like it's been really great. Like a lot of it's been great and it could have been like a better for more sale. Do it at the top. Right, right, right. I'm going to do the best I can today. I'm going to try to love them as much as possible. I'm going to need them to like feel pain and suffer consequences. I'm not going to like, they flunk, they flunk. And then, and then I'm like, what are you going to do? Do you remember how much it stunk to like work jobs when you were like 16 for the summer? It was like at a place that you didn't really want to. And you're like, I worked construction yeah. for a summer. That I, was a terrible job. No thanks. I'm going to, I don't care if it means I raise support or I go on auditions, but I am not going to work on construction, you know, whatever, you know, like whatever yeah, it is for yeah. you. Right. That was a motivator. Yeah. You kind of have to like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want that. And so, yeah, my kids are at a spot now where it's like, how are you going to pay for that? Like, well, um, and that's, that's, that's been hard is to like, with the kids being so old now is like letting them have their experience. Cause what that's I was going to ask is like, how conscious are you of that? Like, I want to, uh, no, I can't do that. I want to help. No, I can't do that. Or is it just kind of, it just comes naturally. Cause you've kind of been in it. No, uh, it's a total, you, you gotta work at it. I mean, you're like grabbing the phone to call and then, and Rebecca's like, nope, remember? And you're like, okay, yeah. No, they opposite. Call. I'm telling her. Put down the phone. Oh, okay. 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 My hot take. And because you just hit it, hopefully it resonates. My hot take is you have until 40 to kind of like organically improve at stuff. Okay. And as a human, as a human at 40, you're bad at something. You suck at that thing. And, and you're not, and you're not like, and it's just done. You're just not like two Ted talks and some willpower away from changing it. So I, that's, a, that's a, a big deal for me was at 40 realizing like anything I was bad at, I had to like grossly change what I was doing. There's, you can't just organically improve. That's interesting. Know, I've never heard that theory before. I mean, it's hot. It's a hot off yeah. the press at 40. What, what I realized was, yeah, I need more help. So, um, Every issue that my kids have gone through that is uncharted territory. Cause honestly, I, I had, I don't have a lot of peers with kids like five years older than me because no one was having kids before. I just didn't know people having kids in high school, you know? So, so what I have to do is like almost like seek out 53 year old and be like, Hey, you got two kids that are too cool. Like, here's what I'm going through. Like, how can you, and it's incredible how many like old mentors or youth group lead. Like if I go back and find them in Connecticut, Hey, what do you, they all have some story that guess what? They didn't post on Facebook about their kid. Yes. They were kind of ran afoul of, so everyone's got one. And a lot of people have four kids. So it's like, I got more to pull from. And I realized like, Oh yeah, guess what? I, I don't know. I can't even find the books to read, you know, that, that'll. Well, that's the thing too. I, you know, just my own experience is like, I, a, I'm not much of a reader, frankly, I'd rather, you know, watch the documentary, but I think too, it's like everybody's experience is so unique and specialized that like, I would rather have this conversation with you or listen to a podcast where someone's being interviewed 
to hear those types of situations. And I think that really only comes from vulnerability and openness and honestness. And if you didn't have people in your life who were being that open and honest to make you feel like I'm not weird or broken or I screwed up as a parent because I I haven't had uh, you know the same issues. Your family's perfect, and they're like, "Trust me, oh, it's not perfect." Totally. Oh gosh, totally. Luckily for our parents, they didn't have like Instagram. But no, it's a it's like a false. What like what you're what you're going for is usually impossible because like yeah the level it doesn't exist yeah the level, it's the photoshop model on the cover of the yeah. magazine that's not a real human when you call up a guy and you're like hey can we talk what's the reception is it instantly like dude totally i'm right where you are no i mean i i find generally maybe it's just the people i've surrounded myself with i mean people love talking about themselves if if they're deemed as the expert and you're truly curious about their experience okay so so a new a new thing for me was um somebody talking about deliverables so that was like we have we don't have any here in this family so one person you know 53 with kids that are older than mine who've kind of been through what i'm what i'm in right now he's like we just we had deliverables and i was like what are you talking about it's like we would sit down said this is what's expected of you if you do this we'll do this if not, we won't. And you're free to do either. We don't, I mean, we, in essence, we don't care. You have a choice. Yeah. But it, but this is the benchmark. And if you kind of go below that, it's your call. That's the difference between being a parent and being a kid. And same with like, with like Elson's age, you're, you're, you're actually friendly, but like, you're not actually their friend. You're their parent. So you're going to have to do really unpopular things there's going to be a birthday party that she really wanted to go there's going to be a sleepover there's going to be there's going to be every other kid is going to have a phone there's going to like and you just you you know people's reaction is none of your business but even though it is we all make it ours but you got to be like nope i'm a i'm going to stick to this regardless if she wants this food you're going to get this food you know like you that's 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 the parent the side. Get. Yeah, the older you get, that's yeah, the, and it nope, just becomes more watch. complicated and harder. I bet your aunt and uncle are coming over. We're gonna talk to them. Yeah, but I want to watch that. Nope, we're gonna do the. You know, yeah, because that's and that's laying the groundwork now, so that that yeah. that's not such a wild request later. Like no, no, you've never told me no before. I'm 15 now. I'm not gonna take no for an answer. You know. That's that's the power of no is actually really important. Some Kirsten had found an article early on that we tried to kind of integrate into our into our marriage specifically with kids, which is the kid can say no. It doesn't mean that that's the answer that they take. But, you know, a lot of times parents will say, like, you can't say no to me. The empowerment of a kid to be able to say no is is vital that they have that choice because that multiplies itself out, especially you know, you think about as a, you know, again, a girl on a college campus or, uh, you know, just anybody getting in themselves into situations, drugs, whatever, um, that the power of no and, and, and working that muscle and learning when to apply that, I think is, uh, is really important. Case in point. So she just got like a part-time job up there in Eugene and had to take a drug test. And here's the difference is it doesn't matter what she's told us. So she could have said she's never taken drugs our right. whole life. 
And and the difference between us teaching her lesson and reality teaching her lesson is like, what if she would have failed that drug test and then not been able to get that job? Like, that guess what? That's no longer that's not our problem. Like we want to make it. Like it's going to reflect poorly on me. How did I raise a drug at? Like I'm going to make this about me, and she gets to have her experience. And unfortunately, she also gets to suffer the consequences of her actions without me swooping in to like argue with the test taker that are you crazy right right are you she has never taken guess what yeah guess what the drug test she did you know yeah test don't lie bro sorry don't lie and so uh, by the way for everybody she passed because we're great parents all right um i want to wrap it up it is 10 34 east coast crushing it let's leave uh, all the dads with some advice hmm. some encouragement something to take away you better have a really good relationship that you work hard on every day with your wife Ooh, look at that that was a pivot oh 20 and 15 year olds i mean they notice every you're not sneaking anything by if you're not really that in your if you're just like going through the motions or like wait till the kids are gone and then Ooh. we're gonna split, oh, they will know it. They'll know. Oh. It. They don't know it at six, but they'll know. They're like, oh, this is how people that love each other treat each other. This is how. And that's why I feel so lucky to have this much time with these people is because they, there's no like quick extra credit project at the end. So they know like, Dad's crazy about mom. Will kind of do anything. When they fight, they they have like really loud conversations that get kind of heated, and mom goes and cries, or dad goes for a run, or like they figure out a, a way to work it out. It's not doesn't set up for like this impossible to to achieve zenness where nobody fights or nobody like has any like pushback. I mean, who knows how they'll how they'll turn out, but I've noticed that they really pick up on your marriage. That's that's so great. And I think that's also goes back to that feeling like your parents are this are a safe place that you can operate out of. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what's going on, you know they love each other, you know that at least that's home base. Like no matter how far out you get, there's there's still that place to come. Yeah. And that if things they I want them to see that if when things are hard, you work on them instead of leave them for something better and easier. Like there's probably an easier way, but to work marriage is so brutal. It's so hard. It's really a choice more than just a feeling. And so if to work on it, they're like, Oh, when things are hard, you work on it. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Well, Gar Rhinas, thank you for attempting fatherhood. We learned a lot today. Hey, and by the way, and, and from afar, yeah, you're doing a great job. No, hey, not, not necessarily the podcast. The jury's out on that. Yeah, we yeah, yeah. See. Podcast is like th- tertiary. The the connection that you have with your Enneagram eight standing next to you and your kids and the amount of time you spend and the the creativity, the energy level, everyone around you is picking up on that. And that is well, thanks, brother. Just 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 in case you die in a fiery crash later this year we will all miss you oh that's really sweet that's going to be my ringtone anytime you call it's just going to be like 
Just in case you die in a fiery crash, we're all going to miss you. Just in case you die in a fiery crash. I'm just going to scream. Just in, whose phone is that? I'm sorry. That's just in case you die. Like, in a, I, how do I turn this off? As it's happening, you're like, this is crazy. We were just, <laughs> that is my ringtone. <laughs> well, as the car is flipping, just in case you die in a fiery crash. Oh, no. You would not believe this story. <laughs> On Star, can you hear me? Get this. I was just talking. On Star, you would not believe. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Asmire. What would we not believe? Hello? Are you there? Are you? Well, thanks again so much, buddy. I miss you so much, I you and uh, I love catching up with you. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start zinging you some texts just to just to stay in touch I more. I appreciate that. I'm I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, good. Love All right, love off to bed. Peace out. Hey dads, just wanted to take a quick second to say thank you so much for supporting attempting fatherhood. This has been such a fun project, and I hope it's encouraging you and informing you and, and bringing a sense of community to the dadhood, the fatherhood, the dad life. And the only way that really happens is by you guys getting involved. So make sure you're following us on Instagram, Attempting Fatherhood, subscribing to this podcast, and just as important as those things, share this podcast with other dads because that's how you build that community. And don't forget... Use your code BIRDAF and get 15% off any of the products at birdhair.com. That's BIRDAF to get 15% off. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.